Welcome to the Beers and Miles podcast, where we talk about beers, miles, and whatever else we manage to jump off topic with. My name's Chris, and we're back with a new episode for the, I think it's been a couple of weeks now, and I think it's the same way that I introduce every podcast, because I tend to not be very consistent here. Uh, as always, <coughs> um, yeah, let's start off the show like I usually do. Um, today, we're going to be, I don't know, shooting the shit. Uh, we're going to be kicking off some good episodes coming into the next couple weeks, but I figured it'd be a great time to kind of just relax, have a beer, and uh, enjoy the Tuesday that we have, and uh, yeah, and enjoy Woody's birthday as he would have really appreciated us joining it, uh, really appreciated us doing it, drinking beers, and uh, saying happy birthday, Woody. Happy birthday, Woody. So, yeah, now that we got uh, that out of the way, and he might be joining us later, who knows, uh, if he's not cut up at dinner. Um, today, we are drinking Farmer's Reserve Pilot. It's an ale brewed with pilots and aged in wine barrels. This is from um, Almanac, and this is a 2014, I believe. Bought a bunch of cheap beer a while back. Uh, somehow bought like 16 beers for like, I think it was like 70 bucks. Uh, they're all old beers, and that's just the kind of beers that I like. Um, yeah, it's really nice, and uh, we'll see how this turns out. Might be super acidic, or it might actually be very good. But either way, we're still gonna drink it. Uh, so cheers to that. Uh, and as always, if you guys enjoy the podcast, you guys enjoyed listening to the podcast, and uh, if you want more episodes than just my uh, bi-monthly episodes that I somehow forget to post, uh, yeah, shoot us a uh, five-star comment on iTunes. Shoot us five stars on Spotify, share it with your friends, share it with your dog, share it with your cat, share it with your local witty, and uh, maybe he'll share it with somebody else too. Uh, but I am not here alone. I'm, well, I'm here alone in my apartment, but I'm not here alone on this podcast. I am joined by the man of the land, big Cleveland guy, big Cleveland guy, um, over there by the water where they say it's a uh, it's not the cold that gets you, it's the wind chill. We got Brent Hunter. Oh, it's the wind that gets you, Chris. It's always the wind that gets you. But happy to be here. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've been on one of these. So looking forward to it. Yeah, happy to have you here. Are you drinking anything? Today? I am. I am drinking um, from Masthead Brewing, which is a Cleveland local brewery. It's called Surf to Slope. It's a New Zealand-style pilsner. Don't know what that means. Think it's made up. But that's okay. It's delicious. I'll go ahead and ask my buddy about that. I'm pretty sure it's just New Zealand hops, but that Masthead's putting out some great stuff. You haven't had anything from out there. It's really, really good. Um, you got Masthead right there. You got a couple blocks away. You got Noble Beast. Yeah, it's just a great, great area. Cleveland's putting out some good stuff. They don't get enough love. Cleveland has a surprisingly good beer scene. They, they do a good job up here. So, The boys are heading to Cleveland. You heard it here first. <laughs> And uh, it's not just me and Brenton here. It's not just the Ohio boys here. Uh, we're also joined by, man, this is three, three in a row, four episodes in a row. It's just, we got uh, one of the British citizens of Albion. We got Adam Dietrich. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Good to see you guys. Good to be back. And same question I asked for Brent. Are you drinking anything tonight? You know. I am actually not right now, unfortunately. Just got back from a run and showered. Uh, I should have known better coming onto the Beers and Miles podcast to bring one, but also um, a bit of recovering from also the weekend um, where we went out with some friends from the weekend. So because of that, though, I'm going to shout out a Michigan 
brewery of uh, that I know you love, Chris. Holmes Brewery. That's where we were at this weekend. Uh, me, me, and, me and some friends are at it, Holmes, this weekend. Some great beers. Smooge, if you guys haven't tried it, go find it. Um, but also some good beers there. King Cold Brew is a fantastic one I had over there um, that you guys should give it a try. But great place <laughs> over there. I'll, that's my shout out to make up for the fact that I'm kind of being a party pooper here today. Sounds like uh, Dietrich had a, a case of the one too many. <laughs> oh my god the classic case we've all been there right <laughs> we've been there this past weekend <laughs> all righty well and handshake emoji handshake emoji, handshake emoji. Uh, yeah. uh, salute emoji salute emoji we know what we do here <laughs> all righty hey it's been a couple weeks even with you dtree um let's let's i figured it'd be a really really good time to just catch up it's been a while brent it's been a while with you um we have a lot of uh a lot of things coming up here um you have had i think all of us have had kind of a crazy crazy couple of weeks so uh, <laughs> brent how how has i guess how is how's life how's been training for you out here uh, life has been good um for people who haven't caught up with me in a while um i actually started coaching high school cross country last season so um, endeavoring into the coaching space for the first time. Um, just actually went back today to start uh, helping with, with track as well. So um, looking forward to the rest of the track season. So that's been fun. Um, to be fair, uh, running has not gone particularly well for me recently. Um, so during cross country season, I was, I was running pretty consistently with the kids. Um, and then in November, once season was over, state was done, I was getting a little bit more consistent. Um, and then December, we started to actually put in into place like the, the marathon uh, schedule for Boston for me. So running Boston for the first time in April. Started off well, got a foot injury towards the end of December. Um, held me out. It wasn't too bad, four or five days. Uh, started back up like two or three days later, I got sick. Lost like a week to sickness. Um, and then me being lazy, uh, going on vacation and just not getting my miles in like I probably should have. Um, and then I got back from vacation and I got sick again. So we, uh, we're, we're quite a bit behind, but, uh, we've, we've run seven days in a row here. So game, game plan is just to make sure that we get through February and March, um, with little to no days off, um, and try to build as slowly but aggressively as we can um try not to be too stupid with anything but um i think with probably a month in uh probably in march sometime i'll probably start putting some doubles in just to get some extra mileage and stuff in but um it's just gonna be kind of a game i play to see what works and what doesn't so not not much other than that i do feel like it's it's weird how especially the winter out here in, in Ohio, Michigan, like just the Midwest, it's like, it does lend itself to being those aches and pains like that. Just cause like, it's like, I feel like in the summer, everything just seems kind of good to go well. <laughs> like I, I, I look back at like even last year's Boston buildup and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I was a little bit achy. My, um, the back of my, my heels were always really tight. And then like, just, I remember just this past summer, I was like, wow, everything just felt fucking perfect. Like no setbacks at all. Running's great. I love running. Running's fantastic. I make time for it. That's awesome. No, right now it's just like, ugh. <laughs> but I do feel like I be on the uh, once that like, I feel like once you break yourself out of that rhythm of just hitting it every day, it just it's so easy to just be like you know, 
I don't really want to do that four or five mile run. That's that's a huge, <laughs> huge struggle for me. So I can be so good for two or three months in a row, and then when I get like a injury that takes me out for like a week, it breaks my rhythm completely. So I'm like that whole week, I'm like, I just want to go run. I just want to go run. And then I'm healthy. I'm good. And I put like two or three runs together and I'm like, eh, I don't want to run this time. And I take a day off and it's like, I did six. All right. Six days this week isn't fine. And then the next week I go and I run two days and I'm like, ah, I just don't feel like it. And then it gets down to like five days. And then it's like five days for a while. And then all of a sudden I just feel like I'm out of it. And like, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then runs go from eight miles to five miles. And it's just, I've been bad with injury issues for, for the longest time. It completely throws me out of my rhythm, kills all my motivation. I try not to let it happen. I always say it's not going to happen, but it, it yeah. does every single time. Yeah. It's so, it's so funny. Like I, I just remember how like the first couple of weeks getting back into it before I start hitting up Zach for, for, uh, uh, for training. Cause I think I've said it before on the podcast is like, I don't really need Zach to be telling me how to do base training. I just like, I just like, Oh, let's get it a staple mileage. And then be like, Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to start doing workouts. We start working out again. But man, those first couple weeks, it's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to run every day. Five days of running. I'm going to run every day next week. Four days of running. I'm going to run every six. Oh, oh, we're there. We're there. Let's just start trying to stack <laughs> it up. Start, start stacking up. And then I'll get sick. It's like, Hmm. Five days running. And then it's so it it's so easy too to be like, oh well, Saturday I have this like thing that I'm going to, and it's at like ten, so ah, I'm not gonna wake. I don't want to wake up at like seven to go do my run, and it goes from ten to six, and you get home and you're like I'm just so tired, and you so easy to like talk yourself out of. Or the so classic sleepy. the classic excuse of, oh like I don't want to rush back, so I'm gonna take a day off like this week so that for you know for the recovery right. <laughs> like. I, I almost did that this past weekend. Uh, I had a 14 mile day, but it was split up so I can heal up this. We'll talk about it in a second. Uh, so heal this up, and uh, I was like, "Well, uh, I'll run at I'll run at 7 a.m. I'll go on the treadmill for four, and then I'll run at like two or three, and just get that 10 miler in, and we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Maybe I'll do six in the morning. I'll have to do eight at two, and then I uh, had. Again, one of the uh, one of the nights of the uh, a few too many's, not a few too many's out. I didn't go to the bar. Zach would be really proud of me. Did not, did not, uh, did not hit the streets as I as I said I was gonna do on Twitter. Did not. I uh, I ended up playing video games until like two a.m. like an idiot. Uh, that's that's really what's doing it to me now. Uh, is that an anime? It's not a great thing. Not a great combo. But it's keeping me off the streets. Keeping me safe. Keeping me a dare kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The dare, the dare, keeping the uh, kids safe. Yeah, the dare, yeah. the dare line would be really, really happy for me. Just really, really <laughs> proud of me right now. Um, <coughs> but uh, <laughs> but I ended up going. I ended up running. I got I got the I got the Sleepy Boys uh, Racing Club uh, text message from Braden saying certified Sleepy Boy Braden Gates saying, "Hey, who wants to run at noon?" And I'm like, buddy. Handshake emoji, handshake emoji. Sleepy salute, boys salute. track club. <laughs> and we ran, we ran, uh, I think around 10 or 11 at, at, at about noon. And I was like, fuck, if I have to double, I have to at least hit five hours. And I ended up skipping my friends uh, going away thing because I wanted to get the extra three miles. I was like, there's no, I know if I go, if I go, what I'm going to do, I'm going to have a beer. But, and you know, knowing me, knowing me very well, I'm going to have another beer and just, uh, I don't want to run three miles on a, on a busted ankle and, uh, and having a couple of beers in me. So, yeah, been there. 
Anyways, Dietrich, Dietrich. It's been, it's been, it's been a one eighty from from uh, the last episode that was released last week, which was really out of date. Sorry, guys, I I, I really spaced on that. <laughs> it took a bit for me to get through it, but uh, yeah, it's been a one eighty since then. How you how you been? Uh, better. <laughs> um, it's a. Uh... Now it's time to put all the stuff into action, all the stuff into action as far as what we were talking about on the pods, the previous pods about like, oh, how do you stay, uh, how do you stay in it? And how do you come back from like, uh, bad like moments in running, like, or adversity? Like, this is time for me to use what I say, which is, uh, usually not a great thing that I usually do. Um, but yeah, so I like was in really good shape and then I had like a pretty nasty, fall like during one of like the bad winter storms when I was out running and I like had got a high ankle sprain and like strained a couple muscles in my leg so up until last week I didn't run for five weeks (laughs) because I just couldn't um so that was fun oh I guess a bright side I learned how to play guitar in that five weeks because or started learning how to play guitar in that five weeks because I had nothing better to do um so that's an ongoing process so at least there's an upside but um but yeah so that happened um which honestly the first couple weeks I was definitely I guess not even the first couple weeks even like after a month later like I was still I was pretty pissed at myself still because like I was pretty confident in like the place I was at um and I was getting ready to run some indoor races and hopefully run some really fast uh races but um yeah I think eventually like you like you said you kind of have to now that I'm back, actually, like, jogging a little bit, um, I'm kind of over it and kind of tackling whatever's coming next as far as just taking it slow, trying to get back because I need to build up some strength again and all that stuff. So, um, But I got, got in a run right before this pot, I think, as I said earlier, so that's at least good. Um, we're on the comeback, but, yeah. So it's been <laughs> been a little bit of a crazy five weeks, but um, luckily I've had some good friends um, that, like, still are, like, trying to keep my mind off it by inviting me out to do stuff on the weekends and stuff like that and work and all that stuff. So, um, but hopefully we're having a little bit, we're uh, off to a bad start in 2023, but hopefully the rest of 2023 is a little bit better than how it started. Hey, we're on our way back. It's only up from here. Right, right, right. You just got to focus. I mean, that's right. Like at this point, I just kind of have to focus on one day at a time as far as getting back. Get the, so. get the bad days out so, of the way early in the year. Right, the, like yeah. The the first month is the worst month. We're good. We're going back. We're this going, is, we're going hey, up. this is a classic. It was like a classic like race like analogy. Like all the guys hot out of the gate in 2023. All those young kids who are out there trying to go crazy. When I know you just got to sit back and just load it up at the end, kick really hard, and just we'll be we'll be good. <laughs> Plus, you get to do your easy miles in the cold months, so that's fine too. Right, like I don't even have to do workouts anymore in the cold months, like anything like that. Like, oh, which I, I have, I have an argument here. I or I, I have my argument is that February. My, my I guess my hot take is that February is the worst month of running in the Midwest. Like, cause like, here's here's my here's my argument here. November is typically pretty decent. December, for some reason in Ohio. Like, especially going into, like, Christmas, it could be the hit or miss. You could have a lot of snow, or you could have a 50-degree day. This year, in particular, pretty good. January, a little cold, but February is, like, it seems to be, like, when the Midwest says, you know what, I'll fuck you up. 
I you don't start, have to uh, you don't have to convince me i already think february is the worst month regardless of running or not in of the of the year february is the worst counter month. argument <laughs> january because the days are still short and when i'm getting off at work at 4 4:30 and then i only have 15 minutes of daytime i hate it i hate everything about it and then february <laughs> does suck but it's less days than all the other months so i don't Fair. hate it Good point. i don't Good hate point. it quite as much i hate it three days less than i hate january oh, i think it's just two that, depending that, on what I, year it is i think it's just that classic like the classic time of year after new year's and after christmas where suddenly for like three months you don't really have a major holiday and you're just like Oh, it's like dark and gray all the time. This sucks. <laughs> like, you know what? I will make the argument what? too for March being terrible because I always feel like March is should be warm and it never is. It's never as warm as I expect it to be and it's always rainy and windy and miserable. And I hate training in the rain and I hate training when it's windy. Just I would say that too. However, there is one day smack dab in the middle of it that is a great excuse to get to like just drink your pain away. So Red that helps. <laughs> so that helps. I'm not even Irish, so don't even go there. <laughs> but that's that's that scores some points in March's favor. <laughs> I will. I will also say this though. Like I don't know what it is, but like February, it might not be the entire month of February because like this week's gonna be pretty nice. Like yeah, it's gonna rain a little bit. But like it's 50s and it's okay it's bearable but like i feel like every february there's always that one week that just like it's the week it's the worst week of the entire winter it's the week from hell two years ago um i remember we got a like an ice storm during my my workout and it made me so angry that i went down to south carolina for an entire month i left ohio dude i, I remember this that <laughs> i'm out of here i'm out of here we're not doing this shit uh but yeah, I, my argument's February. Like even in the worst summer months, even when it gets muggy, at the very least, like once you're done with your run, you can just hang out on hang out on the porch. Like <laughs> I can't porch weather here. That's not happening. Unless you have a really big space heater. Fact. Ah, true. Church. True. <laughs> uh, as for me, well, uh, it seems like foot injuries are, are, are kind of the. Uh, commonplace this this winter because uh brother do i have a dumb story to tell you uh i came back from uh new year's and i my apartment looked like i dropped a bomb in it and uh i was walking uh i was walking to get my shoes you know to get my shoes to go around with brayden and i twisted my ankle and I twisted my ankle so badly that I didn't think I could, I could actually walk on it. Did run on it. It, 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 it didn't it hurt a lot. Um, not the best thing I should have done. Uh, but like it was bad enough where like lateral movements were just not a thing. Um, and so uh, took it easier mileage. Still was having issues with it. Uh, thankfully, it kind of just like healed up on a bit on its own. Ran a race. Uh, ran. Actually, didn't even update. I ran a pretty decent race. Brayden was like, Brayden told me earlier that week, I wasn't planning on, I was thinking about not racing that weekend. Uh, but he's like, hey, like it's on the outside of your your ankle, right? Or outside of your foot. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, we're, we're going to be doing, uh, we're doing clockwise. So, or is it clockwise or counter? Clock, counterclockwise? Counter counter. Clockwise? Is it clock? 
Yeah, uh, well, which which foot is it? Uh, right foot, counterclockwise. Yeah, so counter. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he's like, it's counterclockwise. You're fine. And he was actually <laughs> kind of right. So <laughs> I, I just, I remember doing, I, I did strides right before it and I went on the opposite of the track and I could not, I could not turn. Like my ankle was just like, nope, you're not doing that shit. Uh, but I ended up running 833, uh, uh, Neo PR. The mile? Or flat track. Oh, yeah, 833 in the mile. <laughs> Tough race. Dude, I, as DJ said, I, I, I sat back and I waited to the finish to kick that guy down. Uh, yes, he was walking. Uh, yes, he was a race walker, but I did kick him down. <laughs> yeah, it was like, we're uh, in yeah. here to beat people. That's what we're in this sport for. Yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> but but it, was, it was a good day. Uh, 833, uh, I think, with the flat track conversion, puts me at an 827. Um, I'm still going to count it as an 833 just flat there. But just pretty happy with it. Uh, seven second PR from outdoors, which is like just kicking off. And we never, Zach was like, You haven't even done any, like, we haven't even touched anything speed wise. I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we ended up running all right. So, uh, super, super excited about that. Entire race schedule completely changed for the year. Uh, I'm doing Project 13.1 instead of uh, NYC half. Uh, that was a uh, game time decision. I am going to be heading out there with the uh, other brief citizen of Albion, uh, Andrew Whitland, to go run some fast uh, half marathons out there. Uh, never don't get really a chance to go run really really fast in the half. Uh, New York City half is not going to be a place to do it, so why not wait another week and go out there? So, uh, if foot heals up right, uh, last weekend I had a pretty decent workout. Um, even though my foot was bothering me, I think I, did, I ran a five oh five. A mile at the end of a, at the end of a six mile progression. So I was pretty happy with that. And dang, what a uh, cut down from your race. Yeah, I know. You know, eight oh eight oh five to five oh five. Shoot. <laughs> but yeah, no, things uh, things have been relatively well. Aerobically, I'm fit, fittest I've ever been. I just got to make sure that I keep handling on this uh this foot. Um, but I'll try to run a five k in two weeks and try to uh break four uh, break fifteen for the first time. Never done that. Uh, so let's see if I can skip the. 50s and the 40s and race into somewhere in the 30s would be really nice um but yeah i've been pretty pretty happy outside of that had i actually i just ran before this um unlike dietrich i did not get a chance to take a shower so i just grabbed beer um uh, but yeah mm-hmm. we're, we're we're in a good place um i mean we're on the mend and uh we're we're on our way we're on our way back so uh but that kind of leads us into Bit of a question that we got. So our topic of the day here comes to us from, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Because great kind of content. From you, here. the studio uh, audience. Yes. <laughs> and readers, readers at home. Is that One the, of uh, my followers. What's the reading rainbow? Uh, I, was, I was thinking about the PBS thing. It's, it's made oh, yeah, possible for, by viewers like you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's always a thank you that gets you. Started. You're welcome, PBS. You're welcome. Oh, gosh. <laughs> also, TBS really get... does care. <laughs> also, I didn't really get to say it. Uh, that Farmer's Reserve Blue Out that I opened up the top of the show, actually very good. It's not super – it's acidic like everything else was during that time period, but it's not like battery acid, which like with these beers, it's like anything from like 2014 and before that, like they had a really bad habit of like everything being really acidic, really hoppy, or really, really boozy. And then the awful thing about it is when it ages – it doesn't taste any better. Uh, this actually just tastes basically the same. It's just very, it's palatable. But 
back to what we got. Uh, this question comes to us from StoolPigeon underscore responded to a question saying, how do you deal with running anxiety? I.e., I don't think I'm running enough, etc. Which actually kind of goes into it, like it, it fits perfectly with what we were talking about before. Uh, yeah, I guess I can go first. Um, so I've said this. So <laughs> maybe this is a cop out answer because I've said this. I've also said this on one of the pods beforehand that I just give all of my training to somebody else and say, "Hey, you handle this." <laughs> So, um, so like Chris, that person is, uh, my friend, Zach, our friend, Zach. Um, and I found that like, and I usually actually tell other people to do this too, because I have a friend of mine who is actually a, like, he is a cross country coach for a college and he was having trouble with like motivation for running. And I was just like, dude, like just have Zach write your plans. Like that way you don't have to think about it. You just have to, you just go out and run. It's so much easier. Um, so that's kind of like a cop out answer for me. I guess as far as that but like I guess on a more serious note like um I guess I never like like I guess there is like a little bit to like the whole like how many like the number of how many miles you run during a week but like once I get above a certain number I really don't care anymore because I just know like work what has worked for me in the past as far as like getting in shape and like what I need to do um and it's not like that number is like super high or anything it's just like because I know like there are people out there who will race the same distances as me and that will run like 20 times, 20 miles more a week than I, I do, or 10 or 20 miles more a week. But like, you kind of have to like understand that you are um, your own person as far as like what is going to work for you, what intensities are going to work for you and how much volume is going to work for you. Because I feel like a lot of that insecurity comes from looking at what other people do and thinking, oh, they're doing more than me. I'm not doing enough. Um, and I think like, like while like stuff like Strava is great, that can also has led to a lot more of that type of stuff, you know? Um, so that's kind of like where I feel like a lot of that comes from. So just being like confident and knowing like, like what works for you and knowing that like, no matter what you're doing, like there's still a million ways to get fit. It's not, you can't, you don't just follow the one person that is killing it on Strava or killing it out in like some like running magazine you don't just follow that blindly like you need to like test and figure out what's best for you yeah i can piggyback off of that because i think both of those answers are really good um i'm a really big advocate of if you are starting out in running i think you need to find somebody um or even if you're just not like super in tune to it like you haven't been doing it in a long time so i think the three of us on here have been probably running for for quite some time um, but even so, having someone that you can piggyback off of and actually ask those questions to when you think things aren't going quite the right way, um, I think that's huge. So for me, uh, my dad has been coaching for almost 40 years. So most of the training programs that I follow anymore, he writes up the majority of them. Um, for those of you out there who might not know and you follow running, um, and I've, we've said it before, but obviously um, Drew Hunter is my cousin, professional runner. So my dad also has a wealth of knowledge from that realm that he gets to pull from for me as well. So, um, I mean, those are, those are really big things. Like don't go in like listening to, um, like you said, like people on Strava that you see doing stupid things. Um, don't get too like sucked into what you see, like Instagram influencers doing. Cause I, they're the worst. I'm, I'm just, we we'll, could have a, we'll such have a long a, combo about that. We should just have a vent pod on stupid <laughs> Instagram. <can>. Um, <laughs> but, 
Um, yeah, and I think you need to figure out like what I mean, like what what are your goals? Because it's you know what if you're just trying to get into shape, like take your time. There's there's no rush on it. If you have goals in mind of like what you want to do in five Ks and stuff, like yeah, talk to go talk to somebody. Go go. There's three people on this podcast right now that you could talk to and ask questions to, and and get some information on. I don't think that I've ever really had that kind of running anxiety that they're talking about. Um, but I mean, I get nervous sometimes that I'm not doing enough, but some of it is just trusting your training. Um, and like you said before, um, it's different for everybody. So you know what? Chris might be good running 90 miles a week. You might be good running 50 miles a week and I'm somewhere in the middle. It's, it's different. And maybe I'm good at running 50 miles a week, but I have to run at a faster pace and you can do 90 miles a week at a slow pace and it works for you. Like it's running such an experimental thing. And there's so many different ways that you can try to combine stuff. Like I, I wouldn't be too nervous about what you're doing unless like you're marathon training and you're really at low mileage. Like that would be a kind of a red flag that maybe you need to, maybe you do need to do a little bit more, but there's ways to get your mileage up without being crazy about it. So, um, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's, that's kind of how I, I look at it. I don't think you should ever yeah, be too I nervous do. about your training unless you're really not right. running enough days a week. If you're only running four days a week and you're doing five or six miles and you're marathon training. Okay. Yeah. You need to, you need to do something. Um, but that's easy enough to just add the extra days. Even if they're not long mileage days, you add three or four miles or whatever, and then you bump those other days or whatever. But, yeah, definitely. I, it's kind of going on 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 that. Uh, hey, there's a beer here. Uh, <laughs> so before I start, real quick, we're opening up a sour opal. This is American Wild Ale from Firestone Brewing Company uh, from 2015. So we're drinking that as we're uh, we're starting this question. Um, I would I would again piggyback on what both of you guys said here. Um, really, like having somebody to bounce stuff off of whether it's a coach or somebody that you find that's very knowledgeable about running really does uh, really just help in general um, not only is it to just bounce off ideas of training but also to have like a very fair like non-biased assessment of like hey you're being dumb <laughs> essentially you need somebody that's going to be honest enough to like tell you you're being dumb um, and I'll jump into the whole like running influencer thing and how it's dog shit and how like I'm seeing like a lot of people see me as very negative about that um I've had some people that block me for it but like the whole like the whole idea of like being overly positive about things like you don't oh. like in running you don't need that um, no. I think over positivity in running it's it's awful I I get the like over positivity for the sake of like people falling is dumb shit um it's it's that bunk shit that shit that I don't like um Facts. <laughs> tell them but it's but it's the whole thing where it's like if you're doing things that are counterproductive to your benefit you need somebody that you trust enough that's going to be able to tell you that uh find that person that's willing to tell you that and also grown up grow thick enough skin to be okay with people saying hey you need to back off you need to really back off um and for me, it's it's Zach. Zach tells me that Zach's been one that's on one end said, "Hey, you can let's let's relax here." But he's also been one to say, "Hey, uh, and not so and not so uh, easy terms. You're being a little bit of a bitch. Let's get out here and do it." 
I, I did that <laughs> the eight KPR that I had, uh, my first eight K breakthrough that I had uh, right after Boston. I uh, I had I, I like got a little bit of case of the one too many, so I went out and had a couple boaties the night the night uh, with with the boys, and it was an eight K the next day, and I was like, I was gonna sign up that morning and do it. Uh, and I still went. I brought my racing shoes. It's kind of half and half. And I texted Zach saying, "Hey man, uh, I'm a little sleepy. I'm a little tired. Feel a little groggy this morning." Didn't tell him that I had a couple beers the night before. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I get it." Uh, Miles, my, my my son has been uh, he's been sleeping in thirty minutes supports. I get it. I'm gonna go race this morning. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, I get it. I, I'm tired too. And <laughs> in the back of my mind. He's calling me a bitch, isn't he? <laughs> and so I ended up lacing up the shoes, and I ran a pretty big PR uh, for the first time in like I think it was like eight years. And I texted him afterward, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, I made a Flynn a PR. Uh, that was your way of saying don't be a bitch." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." So <laughs> I would say have somebody there that's going to be your coach or your confidant. Shouldn't be your cheerleader. I am very much against, like, I, I think I'm, I'm a, I can be a cheerleader for the, my athletes as they, if they need it, but I'm not here to be a cheerleader. I'm here to be a coach. And I think your coach should be your coach and should be cheering you in things that you need that, that kind of confidence in, confidence in racing, confidence in yourself. But as far as, like, just being a cheerleader and saying, like, oh, you ran a workout way too hard. Yeah. You're saying, yay, that was great. No, that's not part of the plan. Absolutely not. Like you need somebody that's gonna be able to keep you in check. Um, Zach's done it for me enough times, and when I first was starting up, uh, now we're pretty much in, in, in tune about what we're doing. But you need somebody that's gonna be doing that to you. Um, and as far as like, so kind of going on that too. Um, Magnus has, and and Brent, you asked me about Steve Magnus. Steve Magnus has been around the scene for quite a while. Uh, I think he was an 08 grad. Lead might have been 04, 04 or 08. He ran 401 in a mile in high school, uh, peaked in high school, uh, was ran four flat essentially when it was a big deal to do so. Uh, the last person before that was Alan Webb, who broke four there, and it was like a big deal. He didn't run any faster in college. Uh, he overdid it, and he has now basically has told his story as well as been so heavily involved in like very scientific approaches of running. Um, and also very much um, about just kind of getting the mental side of running as well. Um, and something like I, I have his book, Do Hard Things. I need to go through and read it eventually. But a lot of the stuff that he talks about on some of the podcasts he's been on and, and some, of the, uh, some of the things um, and, and some of just like his tweets has been a lot about just people like the grind mindset and, and like, how that's not the right way to do. So I pulled up a tweet here and it says, stop halfway resting and halfway working. We spend too much time in this in-between zone of kind of doing work, but not doing actual deep work. Work deeply, rest deeply, get out of the middle zone. And so that kind of ties into the whole Strava thing. One thing that I see a lot of people do is like, I see a couple people that I follow in, in particular that it's like a bunch of six, 10 mile paces. And it's like, it's not marathon pace. And it's not easy pace because easy pace would be even for like Brent, yourself, myself, and we're like, it's like about 640, 650, about, about that's about there. 
but like us running six tens every day, that's not easy. That's that okay. <laughs> like that's just not. Well, easy. we so it's like we did that in college to our detriment. So you know. Yeah, yeah, we did long at that point. <laughs> but it's like that's that in between zone where it's like if as a marathoner, if you're a if you're a sub two thirty marathoner, sub two thirty is doing two forty two uh five forty two pace. Six ten is that in between zone. There's not really any like you just kind of just running just to run at that point. You're not getting, it's not an easy run. You're not taking the time to recover. And you're also kind of like not getting a full like marathon pace workout out of that either. So it's kind of like, I see so much of that. And it's like, take your easy days as easy. Like you're like you running hard, like you running harder than you should every day. Yeah, it's going to be impressive to people in Strava, but like also like, I'm just going to be kind of a dickhead here. Uh, Nobody really has that many followers on Strava unless you're a professional runner enough to get like more kudos is there should be a thing for you. Like it's not a big deal. It's Strava. Like your twenty kudos aren't gonna matter. It's 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 okay. It's freaking okay. Uh, that's one of those things too, it's like diminishing returns though. So like yeah, if you can go run six ten pace every day, like you'll probably actually see some success early. Um but as time goes on, like it's just not sustainable. Just going out and running moderate to, you know, that could even be like hard pace in, in what you were describing. You know, if you're running yeah. 545 mile pace and then you're going out and run 610 every day, that's hard. Like 25, 30 seconds slower than race pace for marathon. That's that's a hard day, especially if you're Easy. Also, 8 to 12 miles I'm or whatever. To... That's not yeah. sustainable. Also, I'm here to say you'll probably get diminishing returns on your kudos, too. Yeah, because every because everyone's gonna be like, oh, he runs six ten pace every day. Like, what do I care if he runs six ten pace shit. today? Yeah. yeah, like, like I ain't giving you kudos for doing yeah. something you do every day, man. Do something special. Yeah. I'm giving, okay. I'm giving, sure. I'm only giving kudos for easy runs from now on. Thanks. Everybody's easy days <laughs> get kudos from me. I, I, I am I, looking, I'm looking at every person's first mile, and if they have a first mile below seven thirty, they do not get a kudos. <laughs> I don't. I only give kudos for shit posting this year. That's Every. all I'm doing. It's like if you have a good caption, or like if you run really well in a race, I'll give you a kudos. But it's more like I want to see you shit post. I want. I want to see like self-deprecation on my on this Strava, like funny self-deprecation, not right. Like, exactly. Oh, for me, I've run this much. I'm not gonna shit post that. Um, but all I have to say is like, it it is. Where was I going with this one? I had, a, I had a thought that I was going with this one, but like, I just I lost my train of thought, guys. I lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. I will, I will say though, like, the beauty of it also too, if you want to look at it through this lens, is um, it's like like it's just a weird weird thing to say beauty and then also this phrase, but it's like a double edged sword of like you like for a training plan to work you almost have to trust it like a hundred percent like not like you almost like you have to completely trust it you can't be second guessing yourself but so you need to like put trust into a plan and that's going to take away that for the i should at least hopefully take away that anxiety that you're going to have so that way one your training plan is working because you trust it and then it's also taking away that anxiety you have of not doing enough right yeah so i think that that's kind of like the beauty of like it, having both sides of it it's like um like it's i think that's also like the important part because if you're gonna that's i think another way that can lead to like that anxiety is if you're kind of just like half-assing a plan 
or not trusting it, then you need to go back and look and see like, okay, why don't you trust this? Where are you getting your information? From? I am a so. super big advocate of, of what you just said. Um, I think a lot of running is just believing in the training plan that you're doing, even if it might not be the perfect training plan. I, I don't think many runners end up finding the perfect training plan for them over time because there's just so many mm -hmm. different things you can tweak here and there. Do I need to be lifting? Do I need to be doing this? Do I need to be doing all these things outside of it? What pace am I supposed to be running? All that kind of stuff. If you really just buy into your training program, like, unless your coach is doing something wild, okay, we're doing 4,200s during the middle of cross season. Like, okay, <laughs> that's weird. I don't maybe second guess that. But as long as something isn't like crazy out of the ordinary, just buy into it. Like, having a positive attitude, at least about your training program i think is huge like this is a sport that's so easy if you go into anything with a negative mindset it snowballs so fast so like right. you know what and if you really don't like your training program and i guess like if you're in high school or college you don't really get to make these these decisions but if you don't like your training program as someone who's running not on a team you can make changes make changes to it go yeah. for it find a new coach find someone else to help you through it like don't sit and hate something that you're doing um, for whatever reasons that you might think of. But like, if you're going to get a coach, someone who has experience, believe that they know what they're doing. Believe that what they're giving you is something that's worked for people before you. And so it probably works for you too. I'd, because, I'd also, yeah, I'd, go ahead. I'd also oh. argue that like, well, that most people on Strava that you find are probably running like yard. And then also like, in general, I would say even my example, like when I first started working in SAC, like my, for my first marathon, I was very, very nervous because I wasn't doing a lot of effort at running on pace. Um, uh, mostly because I got hurt for an entire month, but even then I was very, very nervous. A lot of the stuff was a lot easier than I was used to doing. And, and like, I didn't, like if I was gonna run 230, I expected I could run a 12 to 15 mile run at 540 pace pretty easy and I never did anything like that. The longest I did was like a couple odds and evens just to, to be able to get me to the start line healthy. Um, and my easy runs were a lot easier, about a minute easier than they were used to being doing like before. And I was very, very nervous. And I, at that point, I think weeks before I kind of made that decision was like, I got to buy in or else I'm going to, or else this is not going to happen. Like, cause it's such a mental thing, especially in the marathon. It's very easy to like, I think, I think there's a lot of people that, that already break themselves mentally before they even get on the line for the marathon. And you got to be really strong because, like, most more, more than likely, like, your marathon's not going to go perfect. It never goes perfect, and that's okay. Um, so I'd say on that end, like, you got to buy in. Um, and then on the other side of things, too, is the majority of people that you'll find on, on Strava, um, especially, like, I would caution people to – not look so much at their like because every every this is gonna be a little bit a bit off here but like i think every era has their like their people that are their bqers that are like they've called they've qualified for multiple years or like some of the people that are like you're, you're really on the on the level like pretty close to like bqing there a lot of those tend to run pretty hard uh they tend to run their runs a lot harder than typical there's not really too many like higher end sub elites in every area but if i i pulled one actually like randomly it was like you know what i'm gonna pull a, a a sub elite pretty pretty fast fast guy uh from my strava 
Um, so I pulled up uh, a gentleman from Michigan, uh, and it's not Zach. It's somebody else that we know. And his PRs, I mean, this guy's run like 14 low. He's run 30 flat. He's run 65 and a half. Uh, super, super fast guy. Uh, if I pull up his log here, he did a nine-mile run at 718 pace, which at 65 for the half marathon, that's about five flat. <laughs> He's running his easy runs at 718 pace. Or I'll also see as somebody that's running a three-hour marathon at 718 pace every day. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'll see right. I'll see three fifteen marathoners running their their runs every day at seven thirty pace. I think one thing that I see a lot, and it's something that even Magnus puts on it, like your elite elite people tend to run their runs pretty easy. Dude, like, they jog <laughs> in warm ups and cool downs. Like I'm being dead serious. Like eight twenty pace. I saw one today. Jog, but like so, um, so I, I Chris, you know, like I've had like the um pleasure of like being able to train with some of those guys like as far as like with the very nice track club in ann arbor and there are times we've had warm-ups where like the first mile of our warm-up is like above like we had one that was above nine minutes one time for our first mile like we jog dude like warm-ups and cool downs and it's because they know that like you just need to do whatever it is to get ready for this workout like we're not like trying to like like the intensity is coming I'm not going to take the part that's not supposed to be intense and make it intense. Now that day was probably like super cold. That's probably why the first mile was like around nine minutes because we just need to warm up. But like the point stands, like they are not like, they're very, very quick guys that like are never going under seven minutes a mile for their like warm ups for track work and stuff like that. So. I mean, even for both of us, Brent, when we were doing a lot of stuff in college, it's like if we're doing a race, for, like a race, a race track race, we're 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 warming up pretty easy. Yeah. We're trying to get the muscles feeling good. We'll do some up tempo stuff, like we're having some strides. We'll like some people do like three minutes up and things like that. But like typically, I think I think Drew sets mm-hmm. me up about his entire his entire warm up schedule, yep. and like a lot of it is there's a lot of easy running in there and then there's some up tempo to get get the get the muscles going but like yeah it's it, it's the mass majority of people because it, it is a whole thing where like I, I i always forget just because like my circles just filled with people that are have run in college or or like i realize i forget i forget that the majority of people aren't that and so the majority of people don't understand that it, it is it is kind of like i i I kind of describe it as, or I, I compare it to like weightlifting. It's like you're not maxing out every day. Like people that are weightlifting yeah. aren't maxing out every day, but it tends to be a whole thing with running because it's like people are tending to max out every day. Um, so well, I guess going to actually answer his question about how do you not be like antsy about it, I'd say the one thing that I've learned that has made me a much better runner and a much happier runner and has contributed to me enjoying the sport for as long as I have now, and especially in the last four years, has been the focus on consistency rather than continuing to build fitness and fitness by every day. Um, And I think it becomes a thing for most people, especially if you're kind of like, you're starting to start, start, uh, you're starting to run, or if you're now starting to add structured training to yourself, to your, your schedule, is that you'll get better just by the sake of consistency. Mm-hmm. 
it's the more and more that you can stack up as far as like healthy days of running, the better you're going to be. And the less like the, and you, the less you're going to the, you're not going to the well very often. None of us go to the well very often, but the more it's just like, Hey, I'm still healthy. My floor is a lot higher. We're able to build off of that. And that's the one thing that I've just really just reminded my, myself about is that consistency trumps a crazy, crazy day of a workout. Like I do just enough that I need to do and move on to the next day. I don't look for a workout and say like, I need this to be like, this needs to be the confidence boost I need because it's not going to be that. Like Mm -hmm. if you're doing a build for anything, whether it's a marathon or for like a track work, you're running your workouts on pretty higher, you're on higher mileage, higher intensity. So like, it's going to be tougher to be able to run those paces, but it's okay. You're not going to taper out for that, for your, for your workout. You're not tapering out for your workout. You're tapering out for your block. It's okay. You're going to feel a little tired. And so when you get a race day, when you've had those couple weeks of like, couple weeks of, uh, of taper that you're fine. And I'll even say for taper, like taper crazes, taper crazes shouldn't be that taper crazes. My argument for like, for like the three weeks before a marathon is that you shouldn't be like antsy or, or scared. Like, you got through the you got through the build, so now it's just fine tuning it, fine fine tuning mm-hmm. it. Get ready, get ready, because it's like I'd say, if there's anything you can remind yourself is, or if there's anything that you can remind yourself, it's that antsiness is going to be your self destructive tendency. The more antsy you are, the more you tend to try to add more than you need to the more you try to run faster when you don't need to like that that antsiness i've been antsy to the point where like i want to run fast i want to prove it and those antsiness tends those antsy moments tend to be not really beneficial in the line grand scheme of things because you get because i'm antsy now <laughs> i i put it on my on my on my post yesterday i'm like i'm antsy to run fast but i'm like i got like 100 days until Bo- or 10 weeks till boston <laughs> Right. <laughs> I want to run fast right now. I I got a little taste of it on the track a couple weeks ago, and I want to really run fast because everybody else is like running races, and I want to really run a race. But it's like, chill. It's okay. Because right. at the end of the day, the race day is all that matters. That's facts. Any closing thoughts on this question? No, I think. I think the, the consistency thing you said was, was a big part of it too. Um, cause if you're consistent, this, this training cycle, um, you'll start off in a better spot next training cycle. And then that just keeps building. So, um, you know what, even if it doesn't go the way you want this time around, if, if you've been consistent, when you start back up in another two weeks or 10 days or whatever you do, you'll start at a higher point than you did the last time. So, um, I, consistency is, is one of the big big keys of, of this sport. And like we were talking about earlier with injuries and stuff, like you get hurt and you get these days off and then you just want to take more and more off. You, you got to try to fight the urge to do that. Um, and I guess that goes back to the anxiety thing, but to, to fight it, you have to know that that's what, you know what, that's what it's going to take. Yeah. And I'd say even, even, even um, that's like, 
it's okay to have stepping stone goals. I think, especially a lot of people that I've met recently or I've been in the last couple of years have had that big goal of VQing. And like, I, I saw somebody even on, on Facebook say like, I need nine minutes to my goal. Like I, should I like, what do you guys think about doing a 28 mile long run? Like, I'm like a 28 mile long run. And I'm like, how much mileage are you doing? Like the only reason I'd be okay with somebody doing a 28 mile long run would be if somebody was, uh, like if you're doing over hundred miles and over distance run can be okay. Cause you're actually recovering from it. But if like that, that's somebody that I, I would describe as being antsy was mm-hmm. like, I, I do, yep. I need this. I need, and it's like, no, it's, you don't, you're not going to recover from it. It's not going to work. Like that's not going to get you the nine minutes there. And there's a lot of people that are like, I'm 10 minutes away. I'm five minutes away. It's like set small goals on your way to that goal. Yeah, if you're, if you're a lot fitter and your workouts are showing it and you're being pretty consistent, that's a little bit of a different story. But for the vast majority of people, even for me, like when I ran 230, my next goal was 225. And at 225, we went, I had some injury and I had some, my, my blocks didn't go as well as they should have. So Zach was like, let's get a little win. And we ran 228. They ran 223. Right. <laughs> And, and, and it's, and, and it just happened like that. And I think he thought I was, I think how a race turned out, like they were predicting about 225, 226 and it just ended up going different ways. But like, I would say, like, I tell even people that I'm coaching, I'm like, it's like, I'm shooting for like, let's say somebody's saying I'm shooting for like 255. I'm like, Hey, you've run 310. Let's shoot for like a 302 to start off with a 305. That'd be pretty big PR. Let's just say you've had a pretty good block last last term around. I think you're in better fitness. I think if we run it better, we can do it this way. But I'm just like, I, I, I let's let's get the little win. Let's get that confidence up, uh, because especially at this distance, it's like you can't hammer it out and be okay with it. It's just not gonna work. It doesn't work that way. And even for any goals, like take little goals. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um especially for marathons when there's so many variables to it, like you could have the perfect training block and then you go into a race and it's 30 degrees and it's rainy and it's windy and there's nothing you can do about the weather. And that's just going to affect you. It's, it is. So like, um, one of the things that I would say with that is like, so I've only run one marathon, so I can't speak too highly of it, but for that one and now for this one, especially with injuries and stuff, I'm going in with like an A, B, and C goal. Like if I hit C, I'm, I'm cool with that. If I hit B, like, okay, that's awesome. That's like a really good day. And if I hit A, like, all right, that's like the absolute greatest thing that could have happened to me that day. So like, don't be afraid to set like smaller goals, even in your race itself. Or like, you know, there's kids that I coach now who go into a 5k and they run a four second PR and they're mad about it. And it's like, you took a step, you took a step in the right direction. Like this is faster than you've ever run. Don't be mad about that. Don't yeah. be happy. Like, and most of the time it's like, I don't even feel that good. And I like, that's great. That's great. Yeah. I love hearing that you PR'd and you didn't feel good. Sweet. That means when you actually feel good, you're going to PR by like 15 seconds. It's going to be fantastic. Like just, progress is good even if it's not as much as you want progress is good it's a step in the right direction especially even thinking about myself you know with with injuries and i've never been really as consistent as i wanted to since i've been out of college 
like, I get excited when I have, like, oh, man, I actually went and raced, and I ran 1640, like, cool, I've only, I've only broke 17, like, seven times since I, since I left college, like, sweet, like, I'm, I'm happy, I'm back in the right direction, so even if you were someone like me, who was pretty good at one time, and, and you're not there anymore, be happy that you're making steps back towards it, find reasons to be happy is, is a, is probably a really good answer to how, how do you deal with the anxiety, find reasons to be happy with what you're doing, you know what, you're getting out there every day and doing it, that's more than other people can say, some people can't do that. Yeah. Be happy you can do it. Yeah, definitely. And I would say even like for a lot of people too, it ends up being like people that are pretty fairly new to running. Man, how long? How many years have you been running, Brent? How old am I? Um, <laughs> I'm on to it might be 20 years now, 18, 19, somewhere in that range. Is year 17 for me would be in August and it's like it, it takes time it takes a lot of time and it's it's okay to take your time to get those goals that you want it especially when it comes to like something as big as like you want to be you or, or 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 do things like that it's like it takes a lot of time <laughs> heck man I, I I look at look at where I, where I came from like my first year of High school running, I ran like a five forty two mile, and like <laughs> a five forty two and twelve twenty six for like, or twelve twenty six twelve twenty three for like, uh, for two miles and like twenty oh seven for three miles, and like, from there to be able to like close a marathon in four fifty something and run two twenty three, like, running faster than my, by. Running faster than my 800 pace, running faster than my mile pace, running faster than, like running faster than all that during a during a marathon is insane. It, it, but it's taking, but it's also like adding the context that it's I've been doing this for 17 years changes it. Like I hear a lot of it, especially like especially on the DQ boards of like, well, like you're talented, you don't know how it is to be sacrificed. I'm like I did this for 17 years. That's that's a lot of a lot of sacrificing and a lot of just like. Say sacrifice. I had I had I had a blast, um, but it's like it's a lot of consistent work, and it's consistency, and it's like if you just been doing it for a couple years, give it some time. Be 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 easy on yourself because we've been doing it for seventeen. You've been doing it for twenty. Future, how long you've been doing it for? Seriously, probably like ten, eleven. Yeah, that's all. It's it's over a decade of, of, of like that's you're you're gonna hit that point where you've done more running more more. Your life has had more running than it hasn't. Right. In, a, in about a year, a year or two. So. Heck, my big takeaway from that was that I had I had Chris by two seconds my freshman year in the mile. So <laughs> I was a five forty miler my freshman year of, of high school. Uh, and then all right, all right. And then I was the, also five. I was I was four four foot ten or four foot nine. Dude, what do you? Dude, I was four foot ten as a as a freshman too. I don't yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> short kicks. I was just a little bit better than you guys, but I was like five one as a freshman. So I think the extra two oh. or three inches helped me. Yeah. yeah, that's what you need. I went from five forty to my sophomore year. I didn't run cross yet at this point, dude. This was all track. My sophomore year, I ran four forty, <laughs> and the cross coach was like, "Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why aren't you running cross?" But. But, but it, 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 
it's consistency, man. Right. It is. And, and thankfully for us, like, like we had some kind of structured training, whether it was good or not, we had structured training. A lot of people don't. And it just takes time. Give it some time with structured training and uh, be patient in yourself. And, and it doesn't, heck, I haven't accomplished any of my major goals that I've ever had in running. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But the, the journey has been incredible. I never made it to the state meet in high school. I didn't even make it past prelims. I didn't make it to the national meet in college. Had both D two or D three, uh, didn't wasn't didn't get a didn't get a school record in high school. Uh, didn't do really want do whatever I wanted to do. But it's, this whole thing's been a blast, and it's okay. It's a journey, and you get there further than you've ever thought you would, and it's okay. It's it's fun, and you meet people along the way too. Um, even people that are mean to you, like Adam Dutri over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, first and foremost, I'm a hater. So true. true. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think we've, we've we've shut the shut the door on this one. I, this actually ended up being a longer conversation than I expected. It actually was really good. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed it. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for your inputs on this. This was really really enjoyable. And thank you, Skill Fifty, for uh, your questions. This is a really good question that I enjoyed uh, talking about. Next, just a little bit of fun before we close up the show. Uh, we had something in the die chat, the dice data, dice chat board, hit us up about uh, a, a certain. A certain album. Um, so, so this came. This came out from. I think it was Scott. Scotty was the one that posted about this originally. Um, so, no, this was this is Frick. So, uh, Justin Frick. Good old Frick. Chat, he posted on our die chat board saying, "Agree or disagree? Bleed American by Jimmy World is a no skips record." Okay. Can we first define a no skips record? So here's so here we go. We have Oh he's he, he left Bye D Tree. Bye D Tree. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be a hell to edit. Oh my god. I mean the good uh, thing is the last time he, he bumped out, it was just me and you talking, so that's fine. Yeah, but now I gotta just like throw this into like when I don't on Audacity, it's gonna be a shit show. Because I have to like fit in everything. Oh my god. Uh, are you leaving are you leaving this in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely leaving this in. I've enjoyed, I've I've done it before and it's a lot oh, of fun. All right. I struggle. So what so Dietrich, Dietrich, what would you describe the no So I need I need a definition here as far as um are we talking about like each individual song is like something that you would listen to by itself? Or are we talking about when you listen to a record you have to listen to all the songs on it? for like a great record that you have to listen to if all, you were to all list, of them. So if you were to listen to a record, it would be the entire album, no skips. It's not that you would listen to them on their own. I would also, I would, I, I might get a little bit of flack on this, but I would say that skits or like short mm-hmm. intros don't count. Don't I count. Think, we're talking about full songs. I think that's fair. I, I would think that I think that's, that's a that's a fair assessment because some of those things is like a minute long and it's just like talking and it's not like it's not anything overly exciting. It's not actually a song. It's not actually music. I would actually venture even further to say like even though we're saying no skips, that I would say that it that just means like the majority of the album. Like you know what, if there's 16 songs on an album, that you're gonna listen to 14 of them and be okay. Because I don't think that you could find anybody that would tell you that they listen to a full album and love every single song on that album. They might listen to it just to say, oh, I, I, this is a no-skip album for me. But 
I don't think that you could find anybody that would love every single song on every on one specific album. I think not. I would say not love, but like, hey, this is this is still a pretty decent song. I'm not gonna skip it. We're gonna get through it. I have, I have a guy. So so we'll start off with. Um, I listen to Bleed American again. <laughs> There's a lot of songs that album I, I didn't I didn't remember. I would no skip it. I would no skip I that, that album. I don't know if I know. So I will just say in in general terms, I love music and I listen to a lot of music, but I'm not like a big album guy. Like I don't usually like dip into or like buy albums in general. So I don't like. I have some answers to this question because I was really thinking about it hard when when you sent this question and I was like trying to write write some stuff down like all right I know some bands that I like and like artists that I like and I and I wrote some things down but yeah I'm not like a huge huge album guy so like I I think I know a couple songs on Bleed American but I don't know if I would necessarily say it would be a no skip album for me I would have to go back and actually listen to the whole thing again but I, uh, I I listened through it. I, I didn't get through the rest uh, rest of it because I wanted to. Uh, I got home, uh, so I would say Bleed American. It's got probably one of the like best first couple songs on an album. I mean, it's got Bleed American. It's got a praise chorus, the middle, your house, sweetness, just the top <laughs> five on that out that album. Very very. It goes it goes hard from the paint from the very beginning. Um, I went back to mine and my it might be just a taught like a just nostalgia but i actually went through and listened to the album again uh as i was driving home today um uh, afi sing to sorrow is my no skips album every song on that album i actually fucking enjoy uh even mr contrary the, the beginning even to like the hype up beginning uh, i fucking love this album i even like i i even not even like i even love the london uh like london extra tracks that are not on spotify um i did find those and those are all my favorite favorite songs some of my favorite songs of all time i think it's synesthesia and total total immortal one of the other ones but like art of the spare faction yeah that was those are yeah love that album that's that's up there uh so sing the sorrow would be my no skips album i could just think up off my head the blue album too from weezer is another like no skips. Was album. not like, expecting a Weezer inclusion into here. Not gonna lie, but my name is Jonas. <laughs> Buddy Holly's on it. Like, it's also a pretty right. short album too. I think that probably does help it out. Um, this uh, the suburbs from uh, from Arcade Fire. Ooh, that is, is a good one. album. Yes, I think. Um, I if we're really going so. Album. Before I, before I list any off here, um, I will say yes. I know all this music is sad, but it's what I enjoy. <laughs> so, um, Peripheral Vision by Turnover, an album of Peripheral Vision by Turnover. That's I uh, can't remember what year that came out, but that's probably 2015 is when it came out. So like junior high, junior year high school, Dietrich. Um, like I think that's like one of, probably one of my favorite albums of all time. I'd probably put that in a no skip. Um, honestly, probably Mac Miller's last album, Circles. 
I would probably put that as a no skip. I really enjoyed that one too. I and it's not even because of like the what he's being what is being said in that album, which obviously like it's a very somber album with that being like his last one and him going to that R and B role. But like all the like the influences he put into it as far as like the different things he weighed, the way different ways he shook it up as far as like the, all the jazz influences and stuff like that combining with the hip hop influences. Like I think that's another reason why like even each song like I can find merit in it. So those are probably like the two that immediately pop out. I have both of those. I was looking through my records. I have I have both of those on vinyl. So like that helped like help me like figure out which ones I was gonna say. But <laughs> turnovers. Uh, I listened to their new album. Uh, it was on uh, my. It was on Evans. Uh, Evans top thirty list. So I listened to. It. I really enjoyed it. Brayden told me to check out Purple Version because that's one of his favorite albums as well. So. Shout oh, I see what he put in a uh, uh, butterfly. I would put that the same. I would put that in there. Dude, okay, yes. Cool. All right, wait. So, uh, <laughs> he threw himself out again. Uh, my other two albums would be uh, Morning View by Incubus, is a no skips album for me. When Incubus reference. I love Incubus. I don't, I don't I mind really Incubus. Do. I don't know if I would know their whole album, but yeah, Morning View. I actually I have like uh, Morning View by Incubus is another no skips album for me, because uh, it has on that album it has Nice to Know You, Wish You Were Here, Eleven A.M., Mexico, Are You In, Have You Ever, Under My Umbrella. I I love that album. It's incredible. I checked out uh, uh, a Crows as a Crows. Let's see, Incubus. I was going to say a crow, uh, is it, what was it? A crow of a left of the murder, but there's a couple songs on that album that I don't really enjoy. So I was like, it's not a no skips album. Um, other one would be, I think Lupe Fiasco's Food and Liquor and Lupe Fiasco's uh, uh, The Coal would be on my list. I enjoy all the songs on that. Even like throw away the, the, the skits. Uh, I actually enjoy both albums. Like two of my favorite albums of all time. Um, one of them on Wendy's list because we can't talk about it, dude. Like, it's by, by Redacted, by Beautiful Dark Twisted by Fantasy, redacted. by Redacted, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. By yeah, redacted. I was thinking about it's, those it's ones no too, dude. I was gonna say that's a no skip album. Justin put in, he said, Justin put in graduation, or is that what he said? Graduation, college oh, college dropout. dropout. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. I was gonna say college dropout because that was a fantastic album, but like, it's like I said, by it's, Redacted, he's redacted, but yeah. Every everything up until my beautiful doctors of fantasy would might be a no skips album, but it's by redacted. Yeah, redacted. It's by redacted. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. Uh, to Pippa Butterfly, I think Section Eighty is a no skips album. How about Matt? How about Mad by, City? Uh, Kendrick Lamar. I, you're gonna hate me for this. I haven't gone through oh. the whole album. I know. I know. Uh, Witty says funeral. Is That's that RK Fire? Fire? Yeah. Yeah, Sergeant Peppers. He's a big Beatles. He's a big Beatles, Beatles guy. So, oh, no, he's a. I'm I'm super anti, not anti Beatles, but I I do not. I I don't think they made really any good music. In my in my opinion, in my opinion, everyone's allowed their own musical tastes, but I think uh, the Rolling Stones were better in every way, shape, and form than the Beatles were. So, hit him with it. Woo! I love I think that. A, I, I think a lot of the Beatles music was just random. 
kind of random garbage, but they were popular, so it worked out for them. Uh, so we, oh, another No Skips album. I just got thrown. So we went through my, my I put this on the, the whole Instagram. Uh, we got some responses here. Um, and Answer That and Stay Fashionable, that is a AFI album. I was thinking about The Walk, uh, the Art of Drowning as well. Like some of their old albums, I think I probably got through as well. Um, my friend Brody said, latest Florence and the Machine, Dance Fever. She just said art. I went and saw her, uh, uh, I went so saw her live for that, um, for her tour on that album. It was, it was pretty good. I feel like Florence and the Machine would be really, really She's good amazing at controlling like a crowd, but she's been doing it for so long that you kind of expect it, right? But... Yeah, she was going to say, I, Somebody... I have my handful too, whenever, if you want to keep going with, with, uh, Instagram responses, that's fine. But I have my, my list too. Ooh. Ooh. Let's clear through these real okay. quick. We got Frank Ocean. Blonde. Good album. Good album. Uh, I say Frank Ocean Channel Orange is probably better. They're both really good. That's my, that's my <laughs> no skips. That's another no skips album for me. Uh, NFG. I've never heard of this person. Uh, self-titled banger after banger is what one of the best it's it's one of the best uh instagram names that that uh that follows that uh that i follow it's Maltesanti's tracksuit so uh it's christopher Maltesanti from the sopranos <laughs> it's just Maltesanti's tracksuit very very good um uh, evan west is is the guy who introduced me to to my favorite song is the guy i mentioned last time he said american football lp3 is his is his no skips album um Automatic for the People is from 26 Point Todd. Uh, Senses Fail, Let It Unfold You. I, I, I like that album. I really did. I like that album. Uh, Chance the Rapper Coloring Book is another one that that uh, that Brett uh, that Brett put up. Uh, Good album. Hot Water Music Caution from Andrew Runs A Lot. And then uh, Stephen Fahey put Man on the Moon. Oh, that was one of my... So there's two, because there's Man on the Moon, like, I forget what the first one, End of the Day, and then there's Man on the Moon, Mr. Rager, and those were yeah. two. I love me some Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi might be my favorite that, artist. That that high school, like, 2009, 2010... That was like that was the just most I got some issues no one that nobody can see like are you kidding me <laughs> like everybody in high school <laughs> like oh. um so what what are you out okay well so I obviously had the, the kid cutting man on the moon um I went with Lincoln Park Meteora and Hybrid Theory okay I think oh, are right. are both bangers um I listened to the shit out of Post Malone's Hollywood is Bleeding album when it came out. I don't listen to it so much anymore, but when it came out, I listened to that that album like ad nauseum. Um, a little bit older, I think 99, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Californication. Good album, good album. I think it's a great album. Um, maybe a little on the fence for some people, but Machine Gun Kelly, his Lace Up album when he was still doing rap, I think pretty much all the songs on that are great. And then I liked his uh, Tickets to My Downfall album when he went a little bit more poppy. Didn't like the newest album quite as much, but the other one was good. And then the last one for me is The Offspring, Days Go By. And that is, that's the one that actually might be a legitimate, like, no-skip album for me. I can still go back and listen to that whole album and, and not skip a single song on that. Like The Offspring, yeah. quite a lot. The Offspring, Days Go By? Days Go By, yeah. yeah. 
It came out in like 2012 or 2013. That was like one of the few albums that I ever actually like bought. And I listened to that a lot in college. Like most of those songs are up tempo. There's a couple that are a little, a little bit more sad and they're like sad in a good way though. Would, would recommend. I like the offspring quite a bit. I will add. Yeah. Cause like, I will add what? one more for me too, from 2001. Uh, just cause they are one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, the debut of the strokes. Is this it? Loved that album. I thought every album, every song on there, um, was pretty solid but go ahead yeah you're right because like i love i love the offspring as well but there's like even some of their old like there's some of my favorite songs like smash like smash has bad habit gotta get away like self-esteem but there's some songs on that album that i just i'm mm-hmm. not a fan of and it's like Maybe raging like I tr- I checked Muse. Muse is gonna be another one, and I was gonna say Black Hole and Revelations, but there's a couple songs on that album that I just yeah no, like. so that that missed a cut there. Uh, rage Against the Machine. Ooh. Uh, Battle po- Battle Ballet. Battle Ballet might be Ooh. no skips. Sorry, what? No, sorry, no, one more. No, I'm gonna throw out one more that absolutely like nobody's gonna agree with me on here, so this will be a hot take. Um, and just to add to the, also the sad music, um, 22 a million by Boney Bear. Love that album. So many people, right, you, I haven't gone so many people don't get it. And I understand because it's like really weird, but I love it because it's really weird. So. Do you, do you want me to give you one that is going to piss some people off? Yes. Um, how about Nickelback, All the Right Reasons? Damn it. Oh, shit. You know I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the camp of that. We, Don't even tell me I'm wrong. I'm in the camp of... That album's a banger. I'm in the camp of us, sh- of people shitting on Nickelback too hard. Like, those same people that shit on Nickelback were the same people that were absolutely bopping out to Rockstar, like, a decade ago. Like... Everybody likes Nickelback. Right. It just became a meme on the internet. So people jumped on that bag- bandwagon. It's like people who ate Arby's. No, you don't. You love Arby's. <laughs> like the rest of us. It's because it's of Simpsons joke. Uh, System of a Down Mesmerist is a very good album that I still enjoy going through. I really That has BYOB on it. Uh, yeah, that's... And then Paris, Owl by Paris is my... I, it might be on, it, that's that's on there. That's that's my no skips album. That's most recent for me. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun here. Uh, but yeah, I think I don't have. Uh, do I have any? I think I had two more questions here. Uh, I don't know if you guys got any questions, but I got my questions were. This is from Witty. Out of dancing, walking, and rearranging furniture, which activity is your favorite? Wait, say those again. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Dance. Dancing, walking, and rearranging furniture. What is your favorite? Um, so if I'm sober, I'll I'll go walking, rearranging furniture, and dancing. But if I'm drunk, I will go dancing. And then rearranging furniture would probably still be second. And then and then I'll go to walking. See, I was gonna go. Sometimes I was gonna switch it up and say, uh, if I'm drunk, number one is probably rearranging furniture. <laughs> second is dancing. God, 
Because you need to rearrange the furniture to dance, man. Like, you need to open this motherfucking pit up. Like, And rearranging furniture can be so satisfying, right, too. Because right, it's like, right. oh, my God, my living room looks so different. My house is just, it's a different place now. It's like, it's like when you used to uh, change, switch up your room when you were, like, in middle school. And you're like, oh, yeah, new room, new me. Like, oh. The days. Uh, real quick, the new Boston jacket came out. Apparently, uh, this might be the jacket. It doesn't look great. <laughs> it looks like dog shit. Chris but, uh, already on the freaking uh unboxing, basically. Chris, yeah, it's not. It's not great. It, it just it doesn't look comfortable. I like the like. How do you determine that something doesn't look comfortable? <laughs> this looks this looks like sweatpants you wouldn't have been allowed in a strip club with. Chris, you're gonna right? put that on. It's gonna be the most comfortable right. thing you've ever worn in your life. You're gonna be mad. How how can you hate from outside of the club, Chris? You can't even get you can't in. I've been running Boston this year. I've been running Boston this year. Uh all right. La- well, last you didn't answer question. that question. What? How can I hate Bronson? I mean, no, that is, no that is, you didn't answer the, the, the which one did you like best? I mean, Walking, you didn't, dancing, or rearranging furniture? You didn't answer that question did you about the club, but. That's true. Uh, walking on, walking's last on both. Uh, drunk, dancing. Uh, dancing first. Uh, rearranging furniture second. I think both sober and, and drunk. It's dancing and rearranging furniture. Uh, no, no, rearranging furniture when, I, when I'm... I, when I'm, I guess it over. depends, too. Like, if I'm in public, like, dancing moves down unless I'm drunk. But, like, at home, I dance all the time like an idiot, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Woody didn't expect rearranging furniture to be this high up. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Gives you a whole new outlook on your life. Rearranging furniture is top-tier physical activity. Uh, last question here, fair to sell. Uh, this is going to come from, uh, it might possibly be the next guest here, uh, Stephen C. Fahey. What's a school that doesn't have good cross-country, or any cross-country at all, but could slash should? Can I? Um, I can think of a guy's team. I, uh, Ohio OU probably would, Ohio University would, would probably have a fairly decent cross-country team if... Uh, they had guys cross. Yeah, they're good right now on track right now. Does Cincinnati have guys cross? Because I don't think they did for a while, and that's another school that would probably be pretty solid. Cincinnati, too. there's Cincinnati a, does. Do, do they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did they lose it, or did they lose track or something for a little while? Because they didn't. That was Dayton. What? UD UD doesn't have track. Well, okay. Yeah, and uh, Ohio. I, Friend of the pod, Ian, uh, coaches at uh, assistant coach at Ohio University. He's and, doing uh, pretty well. They had a guy run for us. Actually, a friend of uh, me and Woody's coaches at Cincinnati too. Yeah, <laughs> she was quick. Yeah, very very nice too. Uh, I would say <laughs> that doesn't have good XC. Uh, I would say Cal Berkeley yeah. and Cal Berkeley should have a. Really were good were we team. talking about they, this when I was in Columbus? I feel like we were. I was talking no, about this with somebody. No, we really... <laughs> yeah, Cal Berkeley should have a really, really good team. Like, 
they pull everybody from California. They should have a really good team. Uh, UCLA, I would say, too, should be a perennial top five. That should be, like, on the level of Michigan every year, uh, which I think we'll start seeing with uh, Sean Rosman. Is that the coach there? Is that who it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is what his name is? Yeah, yeah. Pierce Brosman. Uh, I think those are my two. Yeah, sure, Pierce Brosman, coach. Uh, yeah, I think that, that, that that'd be my – my big one is probably UC Berkeley. UC Berkeley should be should be a perennial national qualifying uh, program with how much talent they get. Um, how about you? I don't know, man. That's tough. Because um, the first the first thing you got me thinking of is like out. What did you say? <laughs> what were you about to say? I feel like I knew what you were about to say. Um, I'll cut my I'll cut my section out. Don't worry. Um, but I feel like I thought about this before, and this is like probably on like lower on the list. Like you could probably think of much better schools, but like Northern Michigan University only has a women's team. I feel like if they had a guys team, they would be pretty solid just because of the way. Because in Marquette, it's beautiful up there. Their guys, their girls team is usually pretty good historically. Um, but I'm trying to think of like an actual good answer because I feel like that's like a pretty like far down the list one. But I, I feel like I would have to do more more research on this one too because I'm I, I'm guessing that there's some big name D1 schools that don't have cross country that would be like legitimate if they if they actually had a team but I I just don't know well enough besides like the Ohio area what right, what schools exactly. yeah yeah but yeah that's that's what we have for you guys today. Brent, did you get any questions at all? I didn't. No one likes me. No oh, shit. Right. <laughs> well, we are. We've actually we we recorded for a pretty good amount. It's about an hour and a half of recording. You guys got a show today. Uh, yeah, and uh, we didn't make asses of ourselves. There's still time. So cheers to that. True, true. No, I'm gonna make my ass of myself. Maybe on a game of uh, game uh of Warzone. there you go. And then I'll go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, we've enjoyed talking. This is actually really enjoyed. Uh, it's, I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Really enjoyed just catching up. Um, you can follow me on uh, Beers and Miles. Uh, Beers and Miles on Instagram.com. Uh, Beers and Miles.com. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'll ever post another article, but it's going to be there. Uh, Open Athletic Club. Uh, we also have, I've been posting some stuff with D3 Glory Days. So I've been writing with them. Um, recently so um yeah you might see me around on that um and other than that yeah you see me drinking beers and having a good time brent what can they find you um instagram and twitter at hunter runner um instagram is probably better i get a little too political on twitter sometimes but i also retweet some funny pokemon memes so take the good with the bad i guess Woo. Okay, follow you. Uh, twitter and instagram as well uh twitter at AWD tree, Instagram, AWD tree. Um, yeah, please just send me memes, man. Like, that's what I spend like half my time anyway before going to bed is sending memes to friends. Cause if there's one thing we learned today that Chris also agrees with is that social media, all forms of social media are just for shit posting. So, yep, that's all it is for. And it's all about being the biggest. Facts. Bird. I'm the I'm biggest. The biggest bird. Bird. I'm the biggest bird. <laughs> Don't know what uh, you heard. And also, uh, I'll, also, bully, bully uh, Dietrich into getting Warzone so we can we can play get on the sticks and play some uh, Call of Duty. Would be good. Uh, and you can you can add me on Call of Duty at XCCRIS. Yeah, we do that too. 
All right. Well, that's it. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace. See you later. Goodbye.